guys. So welcome to the Bill for the Trace podcast. This is Dan Dowdy, your host. I have an awesome guest today, Allie Perez from George Plumbing Company in San Antonio. Welcome, Allie. Hi, thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be with y'all. Yeah, it's my pleasure. So today we're talking about women in the trades. We're talking about uh, just diversifying the trades. So women, minorities, um, just really all of the above and really um, just sharing a message that uh, there's a lot of traction being being gained here and in 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 this in this whole subject, right? And you have a lot to share with our audience, so I'm excited to dive in. Uh, here, both of the trades, it's all about leadership development and and growing your business with leadership development that helps you to grow a business with a little less chaos and a lot more fulfillment. And uh, when we talk about diversity and leadership, man, like it, it's it's natural for us to hire people just like ourselves because we're comfortable around them. Um, but the problem is we become very one-sided, right? Everybody's, you know, agreeing with us. So it feels good, but you really miss out on, on the diversification of opinions, uh, skill sets, so on and so forth. So Allie, before I just keep on rambling on here, why don't you share a little bit about yourself and how you got into the trades? Sure. I can listen to you ramble or anybody ramble about trades all day. That's it. <laughs> I'm a trades junkie for sure. Um, yeah. So I wasn't born into the trades. I didn't come from a family who was tradespeople. You know, my, my dad anchored the news. My mom was an HR exec. So totally not expecting that I'd end up in trades. Um, I went to college. I um, went to NYU. I studied uh, uh, acting and I studied English and minored in math because I knew I'd get into business somehow. I didn't know you know, exactly how, but I knew I would. And then I got out of college and you have student loans and you have very little skill, but you have a piece of paper that says you're probably going to be an awesome person. <laughs> so you take that and, and you try and get yourself you know, in somewhere. And so for me, the natural, the natural um, industry for me was marketing. Marketing. You know, it's storytelling, um, almost the same way acting is, you know, you're telling a story and, and economy of words and, and visual representation and all of that had always appealed to me. So, so I went into marketing. And after doing marketing for a few years, I ended up uh, doing marketing for a plumbing company and I loved it. I, I never knew that this industry really existed. I never knew its pulse. I knew it was non-traditional for women, which totally attracted me to it. I was like that that sounds awesome. It sounds like something really cool. And when the opportunity to work on marketing and ops for a plumbing company came, I just couldn't, couldn't say no. I loved it. So I started in the trades and I was like, Hmm, looking around. I'm like, usually the only woman around, <laughs> mostly the only minority. I'm almost always the only manager or leader under 30, you know, like what, where is everyone else? You know? And I, and I started thinking, you know, do people even know that this is an option? I didn't. I didn't know that the trades were, were a viable option for me. I was sold college. You know, I was sold that dream. I was sold that vision, you know, but I, I, and I heard about military and I knew that definitely wasn't for me, but I hadn't heard about the trades. And I thought to myself, man, if only more people would know about this, you know, I think that you know, we wouldn't maybe have the problem that we're having with filling jobs. So I, because I'm, you know, that kind of person, I started Texas Women in Trades, uh, which is an organization um, on a state level to bring more women, minorities, and young people to the skilled trades. Um, that's the majority of who we're missing. Uh, the average plumber in Texas, and that's our trade, plumbing, right? So I'll speak to that, is, is 55. And they're aging out. Um, so we have to be replacing that with people. And, and naturally the first thoughts to me were let's get more women, minorities, and young people in here and, and really help 
boost our skilled labor, um, our numbers, because because we need it. We always need it. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. And, uh, you know, I work with a plumbing company out of Florida who has had quite a bit of, quite a bit of success hiring women technicians, uh, which is pretty cool. And, uh, man, the skill sets they bring is something that uh, guys just don't bring the attention to detail and, and cleanliness and just the, the skill set of actually the artwork and doing the trade is pretty awesome. So I think it's great. And I know we're talking about plumbing um, today uh, as a trade, but trades are so big. They're so diverse. So many areas that if there's women listening to this podcast and you're interested in getting into the trades, just realize that just like Allie, like, you know, maybe, maybe you want to get into the trades and be in the marketing, you know, uh, maybe you want to be in the customer service, maybe you want to be in management or whatever it is. Like there's so many different avenues to get into into the trades and uh, j- just in dealing with a lot of different uh, types of companies in the trades. One thing I say is, is I think trades people in general are just awesome salt of the earth kind of people. So that also brings a, another element to, um, to what we do. So it does. Yeah. I've worked in, I've worked in corporate America kind of realm and, and you get very honest, straightforward people with trades people, you know, there's no ulterior motive. There's no gains. You get just, just brutal, stark honesty, which is really refreshing. You know, it's really nice to, to have that. And women love having other women in their homes doing service. So it's mm-hmm. nice to kind of you know, appeal to your consumers that way too. You know, it's not just it's not practical sense. It also your, your customers like it. Very cool. So yeah, I definitely want to talk about this Texas Women in the Trade. But before we do, I want to rewind a little bit. You and I met at the Plumbing, Heating, Cooling Contractors, the trade show, right, in person. And uh, so you're the chief marketing officer there at George Plumbing Company. Um, just, just kind of tell the audience more about, like, what are you doing in your marketing efforts there at George Plumbing that uh, maybe are something that people listening aren't doing? Yeah. So um, I hear a lot of people interested in like, okay, well, where do I get people? Where are they? What do they do? And so something that's really cool about marketing that also kind of blends acting is I start to think about, well, where do these people go? Where are they? What are they consuming? What are they buying? And how do I encroach myself into that area so that they know we're here? So a big first impression nowadays is your website. It's like your business card. It's like your phone book page in the old days, right? You, your website is key. It's number one. You need to tell people that you're hiring and you need to show people that anybody could be in this job, right? So if they only go to your site and see a certain picture of a certain person, right? You want to show different people. You want to show young people. You want to show women. You want to show the ethnic diversity that you may have at your company. And you want to put that on your website so people can see themselves in those roles. Um, so that's one thing that we like to do is is really just kind of... Um, put that across put that on our website and and show that we also do um some target like facebook and social media is really big um know your market is an important thing so you know are the millennials new newer younger maybe gen z on facebook probably not i am but they're probably not (laughs) so you know tiktok is tiktok your your platform is you know how are you getting to people right what is your platform and if you're trying to get super young people on linkedin you might not have that the best route there so so use your social platforms and make sure that each each platform is speaking to that audience if you will um and know and know your audience you know who are who are you trying to get where are those people hone in on them yeah i mean i guess you're beginning with the end in mind figure out who that person is and then where they're at and meet them meet them where they're at so you're saying that stock photos on the website is not really recommended anymore 
I mean, you know, I'm guilty. Like, we have a really cute picture of a baby in a bathtub on ours, and I love it. I mean, I just, I'm never getting rid of that baby. I think it's the cutest <laughs> little thing. But, but yeah, show your team. You know, we, we do. We, on our socials, we share our fishing trips that we go to and, mm-hmm. you know, stuff in the office, team meetings that we have. We had National Bubba Day a while back, and we have a guy that we call Bubba. So we had to, to shout out to him. Mm-hmm. So, you know, letting people, letting people get a feel for your culture, too, I think is important. Um, for a lot of people, it's not just about the dollar. What's great about plumbing is that we can offer the dollar. <laughs> we do offer pretty good pay and benefits and schooling and all of that other stuff. Um, but in addition to that, people want work-life balance. They want a good culture, you know, and they want to see themselves in these roles. So help them visualize that. Um, and, and you might start to see more people like that coming in. Yeah. So I want to touch on that. Like, I, I think first and foremost for our audience, um, being able to see yourself in the role. So like, if you're listening to this, you're like, okay, I like what Ali's saying. I really want to diversify my workforce. I'd love to bring some women into the, into the trades. Like the very first place to start could be, like you said, your marketing, your website, your social, things like that. Looking at what type of pictures you have posted and can that person see that, see themselves there. And, um, and so that's a great place to start for people listening to this. But the next thing is, is, is really starting to open up to uh, the women that you do have working for you in your culture. Uh, that's one thing that you and I were chatting about offline here before the, the podcast is that um, a lot of times, if you don't have a license in your pocket or you're not a skilled tradesperson, you're almost seen as less than in the trades. And that's something that I've I've personally been working on just promoting more like, wow, like the women that are in customer service, your dispatchers, so on and so forth. Like they also deserve just as much training and effort as you're putting into the guys in the field out doing the trade. So talk more on that. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. And like, for example, me, like I am in the office for the most part, but I'm a licensed apprentice. I'm working on my hours. I hope to take my test at the end of the year, you know? So uh, there are some of us too that have that passion to want to do it. And I think that also like as somebody who's a manager, it's important to, to convey that to, to my team that, you know, this may not be my first trade, but it is such an important trade that I want to be able to manage you guys the best that I can. And to do that, I want to feel like I'm licensed at your level. So, so that's something too, that some, some places I've seen do like even um, office staff will go through the apprenticeship program or do something like that. So that way they are, they are skilled. They're your estimators too. You know, like sometimes you, you have go out and run an estimate. You need to know your trade to be able to do stuff like that. So, um, so that's really, really cool. And it's just important to, to have really good, uh, communication and culture, you know, between each other. And that's a lot of the times your employees are how you find great new people, mm-hmm. right? Those are what you would call like a hot lead, right? The people who are already in your culture and, and work with you and know how you are, are in a sense salespeople for you to help to get more people into your business, right? They can say, Hey, I've got a great thing going at George Plumbing. The people are awesome. Great pay. They treat me like a human. You should come apply. You should come work with us. And and we found a lot of success in, in referral. So, you know, c- crafting a referral program or encouraging employees to recommend people they know, or, you know, someone that is also helpful too, because as a woman, it also is helpful to go into a place like that, where you know, you're, you're going to be one of a few and to kind of already know somebody in the mix. Um, so that's always, always an option too, is to like mobilize your people to help you find other good people. So you're telling me with this 
issue we have in the trades with hiring, finding talented people that, uh, you know, I, I hear that complaint all the time, but I see the, I see business owners just doing the same thing over and over again, not willing to change, not willing to try something new. Uh, oftentimes I say, you know, maybe you should try fishing in a different pond. And uh, because we just keep trying the same place over and over again. And so this is a great way to do that. Like, you know, like we're talking about, like, you know, if you're looking, if you're looking for something different to change up what you're currently doing, that may not be working. You know, the very first thing you can do is start to look for, like we said, for areas where these people would be start to influence them. And really uh, hearing you talk, I was thinking like, you know, if you're running a business now or managing a business, start investing in those people in your business. And the way you can do that is, is just maybe setting up a weekly training with them and uh, learning more about what they do and also investing some training in, you know, in their skill sets as well. Uh, Cause it's not only going to help, help them feel more uh, appreciated, but it's also going to help your business overall. In what you're doing. I think people just want to be heard. They want to feel like they're heard and, and a part of something, you know, part of a community for the most part. I mean, you do have your people who come in, punch the clock and, and leave. But I think for the most part, especially in the trades, they start to become, I mean, it's not family, but it becomes very familial. You know, you, you get yeah. to see each other and know each other. And some people have been working here 20, 30 years, you know, like I've been working here over five years and I'm one of the newest, you know, so you definitely start to, to build to build that familiarity. Something that, that we did when we noticed that we were having a challenge, making sure that we had good communication flowing back from the field to the office and the office to the field, was we started implementing more regular meetings. You know, we would do them like kind of once a month or once a quarter. And now we're doing them like three times a month. Uh, really just increase the number of times we're getting down and we're sitting together and we're having some tacos <laughs> and we're talking about, you know, the fishing trip that's coming up in a few months and we're seeing each other as people. And then we're bringing it to the business and we're saying hey you know as we're growing because george plumbing is in the process of working towards becoming an employee share uh profit company mm -hmm. we work towards that we're all going to be a part of that so we all need to be thinking kind of towards a company as a whole so it's been really nice and really um a great way for us to kind of help bridge that gap even between it was even within the trade between the office and and the team so i'm a huge like pusher of communication i think that it can solve a lot of problems and challenges but when people are trying the same things and it's not working but they're expecting a different result that's insanity <laughs> that's a definition right there so if you're not finding people you know every time i hear that complaint i go well what are you doing and and a lot of times people oh if they have to hesitate you know they're not quite even sure what they're doing as opposed to saying i've got a referral program i've got a website i've got google ads running i've got a landing page i've got all of these efforts i'm in schools i'm doing career fairs you know then if it's not working wow okay well <laughs> you really are putting that effort in there but i'll tell you those people who are doing all those things they're not having a problem finding people they, they have people knocking on their door saying hey i saw you at this place or i heard from your employee that you're great or i I Googled you and you were one of the best workplaces in, in the city for plumbing companies, you know? So all of that stuff, it, it does add up, but it, but it does take sometimes multiple streams of effort, you know, just putting something in the newspaper isn't going to work the same way now that it did 50 years ago. Mm. That's good. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm with you too, with like going to the schools and educating people. Like you said, when you, graduated high school, went to college, there was not really a trades option, but that's part of what, I mean, that's why we're here on the podcast. That's why built for the trades exists. Like we're making the trades cool again. Right. I mean, this is a great place to be. 
I've spent my whole life in the trades. You've spent a lot of your life in the trades. And so it's cool to share that message. And the first thing I, I mean, it really, it's like for people listening, it, you got to have the mindset first. Like you got to realize that yes, there are companies doing this successful. Yes, there are, believe it, believe it or not, millennials that want to work. I know it's kind of crazy if you think, uh, but I know generations, you know, everybody's like, oh, millennials don't want to work or Gen Z's don't want to work or whatever. But the reality is, is, is there are people out there that do want to work and every generation has great workers and every generation has not so great workers, right? Heck yeah, Dan Dowdy. I was, I want to put that on a t-shirt. I went to a conference recently, um, actually the PhD conference and they were yeah. talking about generational struggles and, you know, and it really, it can be a struggle sometimes. And there was a guy out there who was making all kinds of comments about millennials. And, and I turned to him and I, I go, who raised us? The boomers, the boomers <laughs> raised us. <laughs> so you're dogging us, but you you were part of this problem. And and I don't think it's a problem. I think that it's oh. you know very easy to slap labels on people and things. And I think that the world now is just becoming very difficult to label people. Everyone's just so different and unique, you know. So um, so yeah, it can be a struggle working with with multiple generations. We see that a lot here in the trades because a lot of our guys are older and are aging out. But there's something really special about the master apprentice relationship. There really is. And like if you think about it, it's been around since like I mean Jesus. Jesus was an apprentice carpenter to Joseph. I mean, literally it's been around that long millennia and and there and it's around so long because it works and and it's not just the master imparting knowledge to the apprentice it's the apprentice sharing new knowledge with the master that they might have missed right like new technology you know we recently updated our systems to to all uh, paperless we're on mobile now and it was really cool to see our master plumbers being helped by our apprentices who know the ipad you know because they grew up with one in their hand so, you know, I think that master apprentice relationship is really special. I think generations are another form of diversity, you yeah. know, having a management team who's all one generation, not necessarily the greatest either, you know? So, so I think diversity comes in many shapes and forms, you know, it has to do with not just gender or, um, or color or creed. It, it also has to do with age. And I think that we're seeing a lot of ageism now with, with those like millennial and boober comments and it goes both ways. They're both, we're both terrible to each other, you know, <laughs> but, but I think the lesson is that we do have a lot to learn from each other. That's it. I love that. Yeah. I mean, it's, it kind of boils down to uh, communication and trust and realizing that uh, you're not always right. And that sometimes there can be better ways to do things, but Really, when it comes down to it, it's it's it comes down to communication. Like he, you mentioned, baby boomer, baby boomer generation, which is who raised me, right? And the way I was raised up in the trades was, you know, you just did it. You didn't you didn't talk back. You know, you just worked hard, put your head down, and there was no feelings, there was no relationship, there was no none of that stuff. You just did it, and you just sucked it up. And so, you know, I got, I, 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 I had a chance to experience that being an older millennial, you know, and, uh, but the reality is, is that if you're still leading a business like that, you're really missing an opportunity because the younger millennials or the Gen Z's really don't, um, or really need more of that relationship. They need to feel like they're a part of something bigger than just themselves. Like they need consistent coaching. They need all these things. They they a lot of times need to learn what you know how a hard work ethic or core values or all these different things because, like you said, 
we didn't do a good job raising them up, you know, to learn those things. Everything was given to them. And so we, instead of complaining about it and using it as a crutch to not be successful, why don't we just all adapt the mindset that, you know, there's a lot of opportunity out there and what a cool opportunity we have to, um, to, to really serve in the trades and serve the, and serve these generations and make them better people, uh, one person at a time. So I want to kind of roll into talking about this, uh, the Texas women in the trades, but really on, on the Texas level, but also on a national level, tell us more about what you're doing there. Heck yeah. So um, Texas Women in Trades, I started, and we're a very small org. There are organizations all over the country that are massive. I mean, some of them have million-dollar budgets, and they're doing recruiting and train, pre-apprenticeship training and just really churning out apprentices at a master level. I'm little old me, so I don't have the ability or the funds yet to do any of that. But what I can do, what my trade is, what my forte is, is this marketing problem, is this skilled labor gap problem, is really trying to help connect and bridge the gap between employee and employer. And so I'm using my skills in the movement towards that. So I work with companies like, for example, Upanor is a great sponsor. They've been a sponsor for a long time. Um, Holtcat, um, our local energy and water providers to really be a stakeholder for them and help advise um, even on those levels, those larger places are looking to um, make sure that they are doing what they can to advertise and market the trades to women, minorities, and young people. So that's what I do kind of on the state level. I do have a board. Um, we are working on a couple of things this year, like a childcare grant for trades workers. Um, it would just be funds that they could have for childcare. Childcare is a big problem in our country for a lot of people, men and women. You know, we've got single dads out there, too, um, who need help with childcare, And then we're also doing a tool drive later in the year. So that's kind of some cool stuff we're working on. But as Texas Women in Trades um, founder, I was able to connect um, through the Department of Labor with this larger um, conglomerate called National Tradeswomen Task Force. And it, within that group, I serve as the communications co-chair. And I've done that for the past three or so years. And what we do is we try to help recruiting and retention for women on a national level. And it doesn't just include organizations like my own and those other 12 million budget places all over the, all over the country. We pool our resources. So a, an organization that has funds at their disposal and resources can help an organization like me that doesn't, you know, and, and I can help them with marketing or whatever it is that they might need. So it's a really nice trade-off and a really great way for us to kind of all link. Um, also, there are just so few tradeswomen, so it's great. It increases the numbers when, when we're able to expand it to a national level. So you don't feel kind of like you're that woman on an island. Um, and through that, we've worked with the Department of Labor, Women's Bureau very heavily um, in helping them with their campaigns and whatever it is they're trying to do in their action items to, to make progress, to make things better for tradeswomen, to make it easier for them to go to work, for them to make it uh, better for them and want them to stay. So it's really cool to be a part of that national movement. It's really neat. Um, and through that, I've been able to meet a lot of people. And I'm also a part of a group called Tradeswomen Building Bridges. Yeah. And that's a group that that goes internationally. So they do delegations there in London right now, working with tradeswomen in London. And they are at a women's prison where there's a major women's construction site. They're they're going to all these different um, to work with Parliament and talk to them about uh, women in trades over there. Um, they've been to India. They've been to China. Um, and India, I, it was really cool. I think they have over fifty percent representation of women in trades, um, which is awesome. Uh, but what is their but what is their work life like? Like, right. So once we get women in trades, we also have to make sure that 
we keep them right. And that they are getting a good experience in there. So I feel really lucky that I've, you know, kind of put myself out there and and have been welcomed so warmly by um, people in my state who want to be part of our org, people in the country who want to be part of this movement and people in the world who support women in the trades. It's, it's just, I feel really lucky. All right. So if I'm a business owner and I'm looking and I'm, you know, I want to hire women who are looking to get into the trades. Is there a platform or a place I can go to see who is looking for a job currently or what do you suggest we do? No. And it's unfortunate, you know, it really, it really is. And, and, and I'll kind of like go a little big picture here if we have a minute and, and kind of speak to the problem as a whole, right. So like when you get out of high school or when you're in high school, you, you kind of have some paths laid before you, you know, you're, you're sold the dream of college where you can go to the quad and play hacky sack. I'm dating myself and play hacky sack in the quad, you know, and drink Jamba juice. And it's great. You know, they don't mention the hundreds of thousands of dollars in debt. They don't mention that you're coming out with no training in your skill, in your area. You know, there's, there's a whole challenge there, but they're selling you that dream. And they spend about a billion dollars a year doing it. Colleges and universities spend about a billion dollars a year selling their dream, getting to try to recruit military. Military is another avenue, right? Mm -hmm. They spend about a billion dollars a year trying to recruit. And recently they had to lower their standards because they couldn't get enough people in. Wow. Okay. Yeah. What are we as a trade spending? What group is responsible for this problem? Who's taking this on? Who is spearheading this movement? You've got union, you've got young union, you've got orgs, you've got federal contracts. I mean, you've got all these people who are just trying to get through their day, just trying to find employment. You've got nobody, in my opinion, and I would love to be wrong. I hope someone's listening and is like, no, there's this group out there that's doing it. I'd love to be wrong. That's really uh-huh. taking this on. You know, and so so to me, I think that's one part of the challenge is that we as contractors need to pull together. We all need to decide that this is something that we need to do and we need to make something happen there. So so I think we're fighting a very large battle, if that makes sense. Um, And so, like, to me, when I see something that's very large and overwhelming, I try to think, well, what what can I do right now? I start real little. Like, what what are things that I can change or little steps that I can make that can help? one thing today that can make one ounce of progress. Right. Yeah. And, and I think that's, that's starting with yourself and your local level. What are you doing? Is there an apprenticeship program? Can you support that by sponsoring some of your apprentices? Can you offer to sponsor a scholarship for a woman going into a program? Um, can you, uh, you know, advertise these things on your website? You know, Hey, we're looking for people. We've got these great benefits, you know, Hey, we've got a childcare bonus. If you sign up in this time, we can help you with some childcare costs. Yeah. You know, it's it's really outside the box kind of thinking, I think, that's really going to help us solve this problem as a whole. Um, and, and I think that there are things that individual contractors can do to bring more women, bring minorities, bring more more young people in. But it has to be a focused effort and it has to be more than one stream. You know, you can't put all your eggs in a website basket and think it's going to pan out. Right. You wouldn't do that with your business. Right. You wouldn't say, oh, we're only working on toilets. That's all we're going to do as plumbers. Exactly. <laughs> you know, you fail. we're only going to get our leads from Google. OK, your Internet's down now. What? You know, putting all your eggs in any basket as a business owner, as a business manager isn't isn't a smart solution. So don't do that with your hiring either. And be prepared because it is an investment. You know, you want to treat people like you and bring the right people in. You want to offer referral bonuses. You want to get with your marketing team. If you don't have anybody internal, you want to find somebody right who can help you with it. And you really want to make sure that your brand, your culture, your feel 
everyone's swimming in the direction of wanting to accomplish this mission, you know? And I think that's for any, any kind of thing that a company takes on, whether it's this, whether it's, we want to be more profitable, whether it's, we want to provide better, you all have to kind of commit to it as a whole and, and push. I got chills there. I got chills there. Yeah. I mean, I, you're, I mean, everything you spoke there was, was spot on. And I mean, even just diversifying your marketing, people needed to hear that too. You're like, what? You can't just pay a marketing company to voila google ads and a website and produce that's a whole nother conversation that but, is and i'm ready for that one whenever you're ready <laughs> <laughs> but no yeah i mean this is a big a big uh, vision here at bill for the trades is really just to equip the next generation of tradesmen and women to really have the skill sets necessary to be quality a quality workforce uh, going into trades and working for quality businesses like if we're built for the trades we stand you know we have integrity a hard work ethic like we're patriotic like we believe in serving over selling. We believe in a lot of, a lot of different things. And, um, and it's cool. Cause you said, you know, what can you do? Well, we're on a podcast talking about it. So that's a great simple thing that we can do to spread the message and who knows what happens from here. But I think there's a lot of people listening who also share uh, the same kind of passion for making the trades cool again, bringing in women, uh, diversifying it, bringing in minorities, and really, oh, you know, with the same mission of is the trades are necessary, like they are. And there's so many different avenues of the trades. Don't just think of us plumbing, uh, though we're a little biased. But no, there's a lot, there's a lot of different uh, trades avenues to get into. So, Ali, I'm really honored and excited that you came on the podcast today. Um, any other any other nuggets of wisdom for people who are, you know, you've been going at this, I guess, five plus years, but like people who have heard your message, is there something else that you want them to know before we close? Don't give up. It can be a challenge. You know, um, before I was uh, five years with this company, I was five years with another plumbing company. It was not a fit. Uh, The industry was, but the company was not, you know, and so trust your gut. You know that feeling, you know, make sure you're being valued wherever you are. I think that would be probably the biggest mistake I've ever made in, in my life is not, not, not knowing my own value to be able to say, hey, this is who I am. This is what I'm worth. So never be afraid to do that. It can be hard, you know, being the, the only woman or the non you know, that could be a challenge. But, you know, speak your, speak your truth and the right people will hear it and love you for it. So I think just being yourself has, has kind of served me most of the time. Um, and so I just encourage you to, to do that and, and to learn a trade and build your future because it's, it, it is cool. Okay. Six figures, <laughs> six figure careers. Those are cool. Being able to work and not being concerned during COVID. That was cool. We didn't stop working. You know, we were safe. We had to be safe. Of course we were safe, but we kept working, you know, not paying for your schooling. It, it, a lot of the times you go to an apprenticeship program, pay for it for you. Yeah, pay you're, for paid, you to to you're paid to learn. Yeah. And paid while you're working. You've got a job and you're working. I mean, bank. Like if somebody's doing that at 18 years old, by the time they're 22, 24, they've got a license. They're killing it. They're crushing it. They've got a truck. You know, that's cool. <laughs> you know, it's way cooler than paying student loans. Trust me. I did it. It, it wasn't cool. So um, hang in there. And if anybody needs any advice or any, anything, I'm very findable. Um, Ali Perez plumber usually will find it. Um, if you Google or uh, my website, Texas women in trades, uh, dot org. 
And um, it's got some resources on there. If you are in Texas, it has a couple lists of some training programs that you might be interested in trying. Um, I also have a list of female contractors in Texas because that's pretty cool. If you're looking for female HVAC or female plumber, I've got a list um, organized by city. So that's a cool thing. Um, and if you're interested in joining the movement as a whole, National Tradeswomen um, or org is a really great uh, organization as well and um and we just welcome everybody so so please tell your friends it's cool come join us come party come party well Allie, thank you again for coming on the show really appreciate you oh thank you so much i'll talk i'll talk this any day you let me know next time <laughs> we've got a spot all right well if y'all like what you hear we'd love for you to, to uh, subscribe or leave us a review and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Thank you.